Well, I want to I want to bring together two things that I've mentioned recently. One last episode, you might remember that I, I talked about discovering uh, Chuck Klosterman. Did I say that right, Brandon? Yes, you did. I, f- I feel like since you know about sports, you've probably heard him on some sort of sports podcast or Can something. Can confirm, definitely. Okay, have. so I, I discovered him. Great, great stuff. I like. I, I read. Uh, well, I should say I listened to. You'd be proud of me, Brandon. His. Uh, I think. I, I think this is maybe a book he's most famous for is something about like sex, drugs, and cocoa puffs or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, that book was delightful. I think. I think what he uh, what he pointed out was that. Uh, it, uh, well, I've got another comment on that, but he pointed out that like I think this is still the case, but when it comes to children's cereal, there is always some sort of animal creature who wants to steal it. And and I think that is a I think that's an incisive observation. And then also a little heartstring pulling. He pointed out that uh, I think it was maybe after thirty or forty years, the Trix Rabbit still has never had a piece of Trix in its mouth. Mm, so sad. I think I think yeah. we should we should be upset it's about that. Going to be so disappointed because that's kind of gross. Yeah, yeah. And so so you know there was there was a good there's that that book. It's interesting, and I don't want to dwell on this too much more because I was going to get to the second point. Is uh, as someone who writes. Uh, as the kids say nowadays, content uh, a lot myself. If you've listened to both of these books back to back, you'll see you see where he uh, dusted a lot of stuff off from his old book. Now, I'm not saying that he cut and pasted it, but much like things that I would do when I write stuff, he's sort of like, you know, there's ideas that he's got flowing around over the decades and he just kind of fleshes them out again, uh, which I think is good. Now, I just have one more piece of commentary, and that is, I think, I think... If you if you if you've seen that uh, what is it Pam and Tommy TV show, like if if you've seen that his his essay on on Pamela Anderson will will uh, you know you'll have you'll have a more contemporary understanding of it that like you're like ah yes this is actually not a good perspective on things and so it's it's nice to uh, it's good you know you got this this bricolage across the the, the decades to kind of like uh, look at stuff but what I wanted to raise. Was so I went back, you know, you know, when I find an author, I like to read all of their books, and it's especially great when they're dead because then you know when you're going to be done uh, reading the books. But that's fine, <laughs> right? Uh, and and so I went back and read his first book, which is basically about uh, heavy me- metal. He calls it now. You know, I guess you got the the heavy metal, the 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 hair metal, the speed metal. I don't really know. I was never really. Uh, in into that sort of thing. I think he's a little older than me, uh, and he like I'm. I'm first of all, I'm trying really hard to read through this book. And if 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 he wasn't such a good writer, I would not give a shit, right? About because <laughs> it's a very very detailed history and and lots of commentary about the idea of of metal. Uh, and and so I wanted to ask you two, what even is metal? Like, is this is this a notion? That we in our generation care about, or or circle a group, or like what I just like, I, I had never really. I always thought just it was just like Metallica, and that's metal, and that's it. <laughs> but like I I I have learned thirteen percent into this book that I was totally wrong. But what I haven't figured out is what's not metal yet. I think maybe Huey Lewis. That's that's basically <laughs> well, like. Uh, my 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 son did ask if that was hip hop, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh to me i mean what what does he say like the first metal band is is it black sabbath i that yeah yeah that does come up i think i think there's some other obscure thing i'm sure yeah like like 
that like a spin magazine columnist would know. Yeah. I mean, he 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 does some showing off at some point where he's yeah. like, oh, there's this other book. And he like, let me quote the paragraph of bands that he cites. And he's like, oh, but, you know, there's there's he, he left out this one. And then he has two paragraphs of band names, which is like, good job, buddy. But like, you know, <laughs> lo- love what you're doing there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's an early one. And uh, and then and then like, I don't know, like Motley Crue. And well, that's that's like fifteen years later. I mean, I know. I I I don't know. I don't. This is this is my interest in the book is that I don't really remember uh, that okay. well. But like well, that, that that Motley Crue movie, uh, that was pretty entertaining, but not really high quality. <laughs> Speaking of yeah, Tommy. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, to, oh, I, I don't know. I I don't know what defines metal. Maybe it's something about the, I think maybe you know, the maybe he covered that. And I, I think wasn't Metallica is like a good guidepost. It's sort of like harder, faster, louder than Metallica. Like that's sort uh, of like yeah. I that's the way I would say it. And it's I, sort of like it's kind no, of like I think the Metallica's more, very metal. I mean, I mean, I think it is, but I think you want, kind of want to use that and say like what I think he, when you say heavy metal, you want to say okay, well, you got oh, Metallica, and then you want to go like. Harder, faster, louder, right? Like more yelling, like less, like you know. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. More, I guess, so, vocals that are more like yelling, and it's like. Uh, so that's what I would say. You know, I don't. You so, know, so, so, so that gradient between like rock to metal—that's what we're trying to suss out there. I think so. Um, I think that's the. the main and and so here's here's what got me thinking. This, this is this is what got me going down the path. Is like at some point. I mean, I'd have to go back and reread it, but he said he basically says like Van Halen is metal, and I'm like, I, I, is that That's true? Like glam metal, yeah. That is that is like right on the line, right? Like 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 California yeah, Girls bands, or whatever. Yeah. Like like I oh that just, no 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 yeah, that just definitely that just that. seems like I just yeah. thought that was just like rock. Well, like, I would and say not, not a category. Looking of, of at rock. his his the way he does it, I think um, he does define his twenty five best. Uh, Hair yeah, metal hair bands, metal. which I guess is like yet another subgenre of it. So yeah, like absolutely. he's got Guns and Roses, and he's got so yeah. So I guess that's a little bit lighter, if you will. <laughs> just just destroy this metaphor uh, a little bit. It's like yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I think uh, yeah. Looking through this list, uh, these are definitely hair metal bands. But I mean, some of them. I mean, I don't know. I've seen some of these bands. I mean, I mean, I've got eighty-seven percent more of the book to go through. So <laughs> so maybe maybe this will uh, this will develop a little bit more. Uh, but I, I think I think it's just that that's that's pretty much my my uh, revelation of, of since last episode is that there's this whole expansive category of of uh, music called metal that previously I thought was just like you know people yelling into a microphone. Today's show is sponsored by Strong DM. Are you still using SSH keys, RDP logins, and database credentials? Do you have a worn out post-it note with all your passwords on it? Well, it's time to access your infrastructure like it's no longer 1999. StrongDM is the only modern infrastructure access platform. It creates a seamless, secure, and observable air gap between your staff and the critical infrastructure that powers your company. With StrongDM, you can instantly revoke access to every database, Kubernetes cluster, or server with just a click. You can automatically log every query, SSH, and kubectl command to know who did what, when, and where across your stack. And you can eliminate credentials from end-user workflows to deploy access that's zero trust and least privileged by default. Trusted by the fine folks at Betterment, Peloton, SoFi, and Chime, StrongDM is the only way to deploy secure access controls in a way folks love to use. Don't take my word on it. Check out StrongDM for yourself with a free demo. 
Sign up at strongdm.com slash SDT. That's strongdm.com slash SDT. And of course, we thank StrongDM for sponsoring our show. Well, uh, you know, totally unrelated to glam or hair metal. Uh, it, it, you know, I, I didn't watch the, uh, the State of Union Address. I, I listened to this show called Election Profit Makers. And, uh, you know, one of the co-hosts is the guy, uh, you'll remember, well, both of you probably remember this, but uh, maybe you'll remember better, Matt Ray. What was, what was the name of the guy who did the, car- the cartoons for the Gulf War? And it was like the two office workers with like old clip art always hanging out with oh, each other. Yeah. Get, get, your, get war your war on. on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so one of the hosts is the get your war on guy. And he was like, let me do my impersonation of every state of the union address ever. And <laughs> and it was basically like, you know, working class is the backbone of the society. society so I'm going to introduce the, the working income child tax credit tax rebate for mm-hmm. mortgage homes. Yeah. And then he's like, and then half of them stand up and the other half have their arms crossed. And I was like, yeah, that, that sounds pretty good for a State of the Union address. Yeah. But now, so did this come up? Is this, because it, it looks like <laughs> our, our friend Biden was basically like, let's get, let's get the cryptocurrency going over here. Is that, it, it, like, it I sounds he, like. He saved that for post State of the Union. No, no, it yeah. did not come up. In, I mean, I did watch most of the State of the Union, but I can confirm. I'm pretty sure it did not come up. So, so I, you know, I, I didn't go read the, uh, I, f- I feel like I can say the Fed, right? Is that? Yeah. I mean, we're yep. kind of a news program, so I can say something like that. Yep. I, f- I don't know if it was like Minneapolis or Dallas or St. Louis, but one of the Feds came out with a, uh, a, a, a I, think, I think the pros and cons of having what what do they call it a, a CB- US central DC. bank digital currency that's the right. cb not to be confused DC. with crypto right yes right, nor right. nor with cbd oil or yes, whatever that is not that not any or of that. or cbgb which that might have been metal that's there gone. <laughs> are the ramones metal no the ramones no. are you know one of the godfathers of punk <laughs> okay so oh this is good punk and metal see that, that i hope that good. i hope that comes up because that okay. that will help that, me. That's out. that's that's where I, I'm coming from at metal. Because because a yeah. lot of punk was a reaction to metal. But anyhow, now, all all I know, and he covers this twice, is that the death of metal was when Kurt Cobain wore a dress on Headbangers Ball. <laughs> that 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 was it. So okay, we know that timeline. So but back to the this the CBDC, uh, the digital currency. Now I, I did read some ideas on this, uh, some of the articles and. As always, Brandon, you can come in and fill in the details of my scatterbrainedness here. But like, it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like exactly what it says is that we are going to have uh, an 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 alter- alternative to dollars, even dollars in the sense of like it's just numbers in a spreadsheet in my checking dollars account. Dollars are numbers in a spreadsheet, right? I think no, you, no, that, think that's what starts- I'm saying. But it it seems like there's an additional thing. That is like now we also have this other uh, parallel currency that is also pro- supposed to be the same, but like you couldn't ever withdraw it from an ATM machine, right? Like it, it exists on its own, and, and it's almost like they got really close. Like uh, you know, in Shadowrun, you had cred sticks, and so I feel like it's really <laughs> close to cred sticks, where it's a totally, or, or as we call them, debit cards, prepaid, a, a, like a, a like a totally a totally anonymous uh, thing. Now, just as a final thing, I just realized. Now you know I love talking about the, uh, the 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 garbage culture over here, the the waste system. Now we have these little cards that you scan, and it opens and closes the uh, the, the garbage for you, fifty cents euro per load. Um, and what you can do is you can go recharge that card down the street, and I assume that's putting some CBDCs on there. 
because if someone else got that card, they could use it, right? right. So it's it's a good analogy. Your trash card is pretty much the same thing. It right. it doesn't it doesn't track who I am, right? Like it does. Well, I mean, I, it could potentially. You could encode this stuff. Well, there's a record, like, right? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. I mean, it could keep track of all the guids of the coins that it gave me or whatever. But like, I don't know. Is it really doing that now? The only thing that I've been wondering is I don't know if there's a I don't know if this would be edge or a mesh network or maybe both, but I'm also not sure <laughs> if there's a an, service uh, I'm, a service mesh. It could also be the case that there there's a there's an edge mesh uh, with all the trash cans connected together, and it's actually running through like probably like a snowflake database each time I throw something away. <laughs> yes. But I'm not sure. Right. So. What's well, the anyway, deal? I was going to say, uh, barring all that, we'll have to go back to the trash in a second here. But I was going to say, like, the thing that I, I thought was interesting about the digital currency here was, like, I think we can kind of apply, like, some digital transformation, like, you know, m- thinking around it, right? So it's like, yes. okay, what, like, why? So it's like, you know, all the m- meetings we have, like, why are we doing this? And so I think first, uh, the first answer to that question is, like, hey, there's a lot of people or institutions involved with getting a dollar from the Fed into circulation and then to people, right? And then of course, when yeah. I wanna pay Cote or anyone else, even if I'm using, at least here in the United States, Venmo, uh, I write you a check uh, or uh, any other way, right? It involves a lot of middlemen, right? And that's the point that I think is kind of interesting. So yes, yes. the digital transformation here is like, hey, let's get rid of all the middlemen, right? The Fed, when it wants to, can essentially just issue dollars. So here in the United States, there was like stimulus payments or tax payments, like. The Fed could just give you the money directly. It's like if you want to think about it, it's all just running on one centralized system. There's nothing in between. There's no fees. There's no MasterCard. There's no Visa. There's no ACH. One spreadsheet. Uh, and then if I was to pay uh, Cote, to your point, like it is one ledger, one spreadsheet. And then if I was to just pay you, say I owed you whatever, 20 bucks, I would just hit it. And again, it would just go through one ledger. It wouldn't have to. And so what that eliminates is like all the people – behind the scenes taking a small fraction yeah yeah and and that's the point like even when we see the twenty dollars and even if you get the full twenty dollars like there are a bunch of fees built into the system right and so the thing that so i thought that was interesting it's sort of like what do we always talk about like you know um improve productivity and then you know and making things more agile so clearly this would be a chance to improve productivity now you know there's lots of issues right around like to your point about privacy is the first question it's like yes you know people would be able to see the government would have a window into what you're spending on um so now 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 that now that said i mean couldn't like i I mean it it would be technologically possible to like make it untraceable right like like to not really know where things are like i don't know you just can't use pgp or something and like (laughs) encrypt things i think you probably it could be done but i think the way this is being set up is it wouldn't be it would be more along the lines of like i want just more like a venmo like you know just like i I know who you are i'm gonna pay you and then vice versa and that and the whole idea behind that is that like hey this could be a lot easier and then of course stuff that's probably a little less interesting at least to this audience and maybe to all of us is that you know i guess it's a very complicated process that the fed uses to get like currency right like you know uh, into the system, right? Where it's basically like they have to issue it through banks and then banks have to, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. like there's a whole complicated thing. Like you can give a bank debt and then the, the, the bank basically takes that and loans it out. And it's like this complicated way to get currency. Right, in there. Right. So this I, is I, I think, a much I think simpler the, way to do that. I think the, the economics term is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, this is what they talk about, like quantitative. I don't want to pretend I know all of this, but like quantitative easing and, you know, 
increasing the money supply, all that. So anyway, this is another way around that, right? It's just sort of like, hey, the Fed can just say, here's the money to, to large institutions, and that gets it into um, right. the world. So I, I think that part is is pretty good. And I also think it would be um, – the other part I think we got we to like at least hit on is like you mentioned it before, but crypto, right? It's like I think it would be the most – the funniest unintended consequence of crypto is it sort of spurned, you know, the in this case, the United States government to actually issue a digital currency that would be widely used. That would probably be a lot easier to use because, again, like you could make mistakes, right? They could – you could call someone and be like, oh, I, I paid someone wrong and they could roll back. Trans- you know, so it wasn't yeah, having yeah. anonymous side to it, but like you could use it and feel like just like with Venmo or anything else, you could be like, oh, wait a minute, I messed up. Right. Like and they can reverse well, like, transactions. And even the crypt- yeah. Even the crypto stuff isn't as anonymous as they want. And and whenever things get bad enough, the government steps in and undoes the crypto stuff. Right. You know, and they, so this they, is they apprehend real- the per- perpetrators or whatever. But this would just be like. Oh yeah! Now instead of you know waiting around two days for you know money to clear, it just happens. Well, this right? is the whole. And this, I agree. And this is the final thing. It's like you know we've we've complained on this podcast many times, at least for the U.S. It's like this crazy H A C H system and yeah. writing a check, and it takes three days. And it's like, well, this is you know it's I don't know not really stra- straggler or strangler pattern, but it's just sort of like hey, let's introduce another system, another way that's more efficient, and that will slowly kill off like ACH. Like I paid someone was doing some work at the house today. I wrote him a check. Right. And it's like crazy. And it's like, Oh, it'd be so much easier if we just like, and I know you, I know you, the Europeans already do this. <laughs> yeah, you, know, exactly. you got, I know it's funny to say it, but it's like, well, maybe this is the only way the United States can get there because clearly the ACH system is never oh being God. upgraded. It's never going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I was like, I, I paid my Australian accountant. He's like, Oh, here's my bank number. And I was like, done. You know, yeah, and he got I mean, and it just like, you know, none of this waiting for a physical check or anything like that. But this like, is the, I think to me, this is the closest I've seen is like, this could be the way finally. Right. And I'm just like, this is it. We could actually have the United States. And then, yeah. um, but of course there's gotta be like a million. Cause I guess what they really announced here is just, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's the government at work. They announced like a committee to study it. So it's like, what yeah. you know, could be right. a long and, time and, before and, anything and, happens. And in an article, someone was like, you know, best case scenario, this takes a decade. Right, uh, you know, to, yeah. to which which I mean that makes sense. I think I think if you are uh, uh, like messing around with your currency system, take fifty years. That's fine. <laughs> like you know, figure it out. No problem. Like it's uh, we got we got time. Uh, it's fine. Well, now, the other thing I think you highlighted is and this takes a little bit to get your head around it is uh, it's the possibility of negative interest rates, which uh-huh. is like oh yeah, like once the government sort of just sees the money, they can say you know they can obviously give you. A little bit of interest if if it's going up, but if they decide that oh it's actually negative, they can slowly take a little money out. Which is like, I th- I predict like one day when if this actually gets to a proposal, this will be if people are against it, this will be the point. They they they're like, listen, they can just take your money like right out of your account. Like it's yeah, a negative yeah. interest rate because it is sort of like weird. Like even even if the dollar in your pocket is going down in value, the fact that like it's still just a dollar and it sits there, like it's just, I don't know. It's going to be hard for people to get their head around that. Yeah, yeah. I think think, think if you have like, uh, if you have inflation and then, and then already, and then they do negative, a negative rate on you. So they take money away, basically. It's just like, you know, you don't have to rub it in. Like it's (laughs) like, we get it, right? Like we all know the effects, like don't make it worse. And, and, I mean, so that I mean, yeah, I mean, unless unless uh, as, as I was joking in our, our, our notes here, like the the initial thought leadership on this is is going horrible 
if uh, if there's a notion that you could uh, have negative rates. You yeah, you definitely didn't want to lead with that. That was that, one that's of the like, that probably should not be. In yeah, the, the, I, I mean, that's going to that's going to add five to 20 years on the timeline. Right. Like you, you <laughs> basically you are going to have to wait for people who heard that to die well. and, uh, <laughs> and before you can do anything. And, it, you know, which which they I think I think a couple years ago. I mean, I don't I don't know if we have negative interest rates here, but like we pay for banking. And I know I raise this a lot. Like it is like a baffling thing, you know, coming from America where people just will like pay you to sign up with their bank and give you like 20 or 50 bucks or something. But like, yeah, I mean, the notion of paying for banking, it always seems really stupid. It's like, so I give you some money and I give you more money to have my money. And, you know, I'm not I'm not really sure what's going on with that. Well, but uh, that that's another thing that's kind of interesting about this, too, is that you know, mostly here in the United States, Visa MasterCard is by far the most popular. And it's like something like this would put pressure on exist all the existing payment systems, right? To essentially, yeah. you know, either reduce rates or make it even simpler or easier, right? So I think that's another, um, so I mean, so to me, it's like between crypto, you know, the, let's say, let's call it the credit cards in general, the Venmos and all that. And then if you had this, like you'd have like some really interesting competition going between- uh- I, different I ways just, of doing it and, and because this is the u.s you just explained why it's not going to happen those <laughs> companies will just you know uh lobby against it and you know d- put their weight you know on all the different congressmen who will you know load it up with all sorts of junk and then i'll be like well we tried to fix banking but you know they said you had to wear a mask it's true this is probably <laughs> true and then we'll have to uh we'll just be writing checks like even my son even our children here in the united states yeah. continue to write checks but I, yeah, it's probably true, but I don't know. I prefer, I'm like, it seemed, I don't know, hopeful. I guess it's, but in that case, in that respect, it's like every other digital transformation project that I don't really work <laughs> on, but I, I talk to clients, right? Because that's a lot of what they say. It's like, you know, Brandon or Matt or whoever, they say like, you brought up a lot of good ideas today, but we're not going to be able to do this. Yeah, we're, exactly. We're not, and, and, uh, and we're not a DevOps oriented. Yeah. You don't understand. We're different. We can't do this. And you're well, like, well, th- th- this probably uh, not. As a side note to this, this is exciting. Maybe by next episode, I'll be able to report back on this if I even remember saying it. But I, I'm uh, I'm I'm going up to London for a little, you know, one of these uh, executive council things, and I'm structuring my little talk to kind of stop midway through, and basically have people talk about just what you did, Brandon, and be like, <laughs> so, like I know I know what you're thinking. This sounds great, and it's impossible to do. So let's talk about that. Which, which Hopefully that'll be fun. Wow, we'll see that what sounds ha- like a re- that actually sounds like a very interesting. Uh, yeah, setup. yeah. I, I'm, I'm I interested hope so. to hear that goes. How that goes? I, th- I think the I would, the people I I'm, they're hosting it. Uh, it's 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 a it's a Gartner event. It'll be fun. A little tiny one. Um, but they you know they gave me a great idea uh, when we were going through the slides. This is actually if I can compliment them. I hate doing going through slides ahead of time because you know I'm a fancy lad or whatever. But like this was like one of the best going through slides ahead of times ever they really had a lot of it was it was nice they had some good ideas and one of them was like okay at the end there what you should do is basically have a slide or whatever just in your talk track and be like how does that sound to you all and then let them talk it out right and then put your slide up that's common problems because usually what i do is i put the common problem slide up to kind of prompt people to talk but they're like no no you should put a pause in there and then you know reveal afterwards so we'll see how that tactic works now i want to get back on the digital currency thing you know maybe close it out a little bit here let's 
I think we should do an exercise here. As I said, their initial thought leadership, very poor. But, you know, you got to learn and adapt. See what works. You do some product thought. You got to do some market thought leadership match. Make sure it works up. And I want to go through probably, uh, I'm going to say the not best as in it is uh, the best, but best as in works most of the time. It's one of those... How does it go? Seventy percent of the times, it works. One hundred percent of the times, it's, <laughs> and 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 that is when considering an idea like this. As we know, with all digital transformation, if you think it's not a good idea, it means that you're being too myopic, and you need to look at the entire end-to-end process. That's how you make a business case. And I think, I you know, we've already brought all these things up, and I just want to go to the whiteboard here and kind of like write this down, right? So it's one thing if you're like, I've got the cash. Right. And they're going to take the cash away. Right. But what what you really want to come to that whiteboard with is like, all right, let's write up. Don't just focus on your one silo of uh, of, of your, the, your 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 bank account. And if it goes up and down, let's talk about those fees that credit cards have. And, and that's something that you're paying for. Now, let's talk about and this is where you really close the deal. Right. You're like now. Let's talk about the time you have to wait to transfer money and also the time it takes you to figure out transferring money. Now, I have gone and pulled the regional average salaries for someone with your title. So now let's divide that up and we can put a dollar amount on the time that you're waiting and it takes you to uh, transfer money. And what we see is that actually you have an extremely high negative interest rate. And then once we load inflation in there, you're, at the moment, this is a worse solution than the one that I have proposed. So can you introduce me to your procurement officer? And and I think I think maybe if we do the whole end to end thing on this digital currency thing, I think I think we can really uh, we can really sell this thing here, and and it'll work out just fine. Today's show is sponsored by Postlight. Postlight is a strategy design and engineering firm, and they want you to subscribe to their podcast. The show is hosted by Postlight co-founders Rich Ziade and Paul Ford, and you may remember Paul from his famous Bloomberg article, "What Is Code." The Postlight Podcast is a weekly no BS conversation about what's happening in tech, business, ethics, and culture. A few of the recent guests include Clay Shirky, product discovery coach, Teresa Torres, and a software-defined talk favorite, chief cloud economist, Corey Quinn. The show touches on topics like power of naming your initiatives, agency product management, programming in Python, and creating more efficient meetings. Plus, there's plenty of other discussion on everything from parenting to living in New York City. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get your podcast. For more information and to see all the episodes, visit postlight.com slash podcast. So I'd like to ask all of you to search Postlight in your podcast player right now and give it a listen. And of course, we thank Postlight for sponsoring our show. Well, you know, some of the news was about uh, our old friends, Snowflake. It, lo- it, lo- it looks like now, uh, you know, I... I as. Uh, Topic two here, uh, I'm going to do a little spoiler. I don't really know much about Snowflake, but I read some analysis of why their valuation went down. And it looks like because they uh, they optimized the way things run because of, I don't know, faster chips or someone like found, a, you know, some sort of for loop to optimize or something. I'm sure they did something. <laughs> and, and, and because, they, you know, it was a more optimized way of doing things, less money was being spent. And I guess... Um, what, what, what's what's the dude that uh, that that Luke Kinnis introduced everyone uh, back to from the uh, the industrial age that was like, you know, every time you make something efficient, it just makes you consume more. I used to know this guy's name. It's blah blah blah's law, right? And and it was 
<laughs> and and oh man, what is this? I'm gonna have and to now look. You got me thinking. Yeah. Maybe maybe someone can find this. It's some. I feel like it's an odd sort of name, and and you know it makes sense. That's the point of productivity is not so that you can have a thirty or twenty hour work week. The point of productivity is that if you do even more work, then you'll have even more output. Uh, is my understanding. That's what I try to counsel people in this digital transformation is you're like, you, the management is getting really excited about productivity. What I hear is that I get jack shit. Like if I do my 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 job more efficiently and I get it done sooner, you're just going to give me more work to do and I get no benefit. So why do I give a fuck? Right, but you get to do whatever. Work. Come on, coach. Yes, yes. You, you All right, can... but let's dive in on the snowflake thing because I think it... the part that I think is interesting here is a lot of this is driven by the choice of the way they license it, and I think that's really interesting yes. here. So, I went through the investor deck, and one of the slides on this says is they really clear that like um, Snowflake is not a SaaS service, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" So it took me a second, or not a SaaS, rather. So it took me a second to understand it. So what that means in that context means they are not charging a fixed monthly fee to you, you know, based on users or based on something uh, to use the software. They are a hundred percent consumption based around these credits. So you buy credits and then based on, and this is where the improvements come in, based on how much time it takes you to like run your queries, right? Your credits are burned down. So when, if it, Therefore, if it's faster to run the queries, they're not going to burn down as much credit. So therefore, they're not going to make as much money. It, it, it would be so, like if, if the if the trash bins suddenly had <laughs> – I could put a, two bags in the trash bin exactly. instead of one bin. Right. And, and, one you're, still, and you're still paying 50 cent, or fifty euro, whatever that yeah. – or whatever it's cents in euros is there. So that part is interesting. But like one, I think it's – so of course they come out and the stock market is not happy with – with that right they basically are gonna they're down they're in the reason the it, it's on to the customer yeah uh. and so yeah and that was interesting because they kept saying that like hey this is a huge advantage and that to your point cote that they'll make it up in volume it is literally the the gnome thing right it's like we will make it up in volume because it's cheaper people will do more but in the short term that's loss of 100 million right off the top line revenue so i was like yeah, yeah. interesting and so i don't know i mean i was like <laughs> And I think this is just, you know, if, if we talk about Snowflake's valuation, so I think we famously, or at least I was famously like, it's like, ah, oh, it's kind of bearish on it, right? So it it opened at uh, like, I think uh, 197 was the, the initial, or it opened over $200. Then it ran all the way up to $450 per share. That was when the call looked really bad. But now it's actually back below the I, IPO price. So Whoa. As we've been talking about, like, you know, valuation is just a number times a story. And it's like, so it's been really interesting over the last year here. Like, clearly people have gone from Snowflake's the greatest thing. Everyone's putting all their data in it. And, you know, the sky's the limit to, wait a minute, Snowflake's under some competitive pressure from Google BigQuery and Amazon. And they're redu- they're doing this pricing thing that is reducing their top line revenue and that it may to your point, Cote, end up having uh, more workloads in there, but that's sort of unknown, right? Until they can start to prove that, that to your thing about like, yeah, we made it cheaper, therefore people use it more. I think the stock market is very uh, bearish on it. They're basically saying, ah, we're not, we don't really believe you, at least today. And so we'll see in, a, in next quarter, a couple quarters out, whether or not they actually see the uptake um, to make up for yeah. the lost uh, revenue. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure the investors are like, I don't know, if you lower prices at a place does that really work 
I mean, I've heard about this Walmart and Amazon, but they're basically bankrupt, right? That's that's uh, <laughs> that's what they do. But yeah, I mean, I mean, you do. It, it's it's to the thing you and I, Brandon, always talk about is is stuff is priced in, and you've got these models, and if you fail to meet the models, you're fucked, which is just delightful. But, but I do think you know, the one that, part there, I think that, that is interesting, is like how much because the the reason I think another reason to be bearish is like. They're going to be that it's just basically saying this is Amazon Google's game, right? They already are yeah, doing this yeah. and BigQuery and I forget the name of the Amazon one. I just forgot of it, but I'm sure, you know, their equivalents are, are getting good and they're already baked into the cloud platforms. And so therefore it's like, well, I mean, as Amazon's going to continuously lower prices to make it faster, because that's what they do are is Snowflake going to be able to, you know, essentially carve out a niche and maintain its premium feature set that people come to it for. And I think this is like the larger discussion we've been having around is Amazon in this case, like friend or foe, right? It's like, mm. is it better for Amazon just to have to just run Snowflake's infrastructure and make money off that or compete with Snowflake? And I think that'll be an ongoing discussion for the next several years. Yeah, it's it's almost like Amazon is the Kirkland brand, the the in store generic brand for things, and yeah, uh, you know, absolutely. which may, yeah. maybe they'll get to the point where where I think Kirkland does this. They actually uh, have brand names that are sitting on the shelf right next to them, just relabeled as Kirkland, just to uh, kind of mess around with stuff. Which which I, I guess I guess is is fine if if you make money. Now this 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 also I want I want to I wanted to ask another question uh, related to this. When I was reading this, uh, I realized that I don't really even know what what Snowflake is. I mean, I get it, data warehouse. I understand, you know, at, you you gotta you gotta you know you want to just like dump all your stuff in there and like figure out how sales in Lithuania are doing today, right? Or or this past hour or whatever. Totally cool. But like, what I what I don't quite know is like why. Like what the differentiation is and why why it's such a big deal. Like, but clearly it is. But I don't really. I mean, do do we have any knowledge of like what what is going on there as far as the the, the technology? Well, I think you know it's definitely a loaded question. Probably not in the deep sense, but the ultimate thing is I I think it's like all of this database stuff is kind of moving from what data marts to, you know, to, um, and they kind of, I think a lot of times called Lake house now. Right. So it's basically, Hey, put all of your data in one place, right. All your like, you know, structured or unstructured data in one place. And in this case being snowflake. And then from there, you can essentially run all of the potential queries you want off of it. Right. So it's, I don't know if the value proposition is not necessarily revolutionary. What is, I think attracts people to it is the fact that it sort of takes, you know, if you will, data from anything. And it's yeah. like, you know, it's kind of like the managers of managers argument. It's like everyone wants to be the, you know, the single source of truth or like have all the data. And Snowflake right now seems to be making that case that like and, this is the place that you can, and, you, okay. Mr. Large, yeah. or, uh, large Corporation, you put everything in here and then you can do almost an infinite kind of analysis. So that's and, kind of the value proposition. And and their advantage over like AWS Redshift is you know they're they're focused on this you know they they're not a two pizza team they're you know a, a <laughs> some sometimes well you know well uh, compensated company that uh, you know th- this is all they do and they've got great you know APIs developer tools user tools you know dashboards reporting everything is you know hyper focused on giving the best experience as possible. And, you know, AWS is the Kirkland. 
So you're you're saying? I mean, they're not a two pizza team. They're like a, a chef's tasting menu team. Is, is more more of what's going on? <laughs> They're a real company. That and and, and it, it, now, it, now it seemed like also in my very shallow reading, the other thing that would be different about them is that they run purely in one of the three clouds. And it sounds like they had partnership agreements, so you don't have to like go install the stuff. You could just yeah. like, I don't know, go into their marketplace or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and they do. They even talked about they're, they're on the hook to pay, you know, you know, especially AWS, quite a bit of, you know, kind of like Netflix, right? It's like they're going to pay them a lot of hosting behind the scenes. So that's back to right, like right. The, the frenemy stance. Right, and, and then also also similar to how Apple pays Google or Google pays Apple to be like the default search on phones or something, right? There's right. just like, hmm, is that similar? Anyways. Well, no, but I think that's the opposite side. Like Google could build its own search engine, right? But they've chosen like, oh, we don't want to do that. Just pay us a big fee, right? And I think, you know, that's sort of, yeah. today Amazon's competing, but at some point in the future, they could say, you know, really, you know, why don't you just, you know, pay us the fee through consumption, right? And, you know, we're not going to compete with you, so... Because you got to think, like, think about the AWS rep who's, you know, selling the snowflake, right? So he wants them to keep keep using and, you know, doing these huge deals. At the same time, there's another team on Amazon that's basically competing with them. So that must make for, like, maybe not awkward, but, like, a little strange, you know, account calls. It's just like, hey, you know, maybe maybe don't compete with us as much and we'll bring you more workloads, right? I'm sure that conversation happens all the time. Well, well, you know, maybe maybe we can uh, – this is a good time to uh, to mention that – uh, we, we live stream these recordings and, and it's been helpful. Someone, you know, like, like we get information about it's Jevons paradox we were trying to think about. And, you know, you can join us when we do this. And, and also, uh, it would be great maybe next time, or maybe in our Slack channel, which you can also go to at softwaredefinedtalk.com and find Slack. Someone could, could tell us or point us to what the deal with Snowflake is. Cause I think, <laughs> I, th- I think, I think from a, from an executive buying it situation i think we probably nailed the pitch deck right and now now i'm interested i'm cool i've seen some nice numbers love your slides uh now i'm going to pass you down to my my staff and they're going to have some questions too now let's go let's go to that tasting menu and uh and go right and i I think i want want to know i don't want to i want to know what the staff is what's the se presentation well i was gonna say we do have uh one listener has done some homework so uh Amp It Up is a book written by their CEO, Frank. I don't know, I'm not trying to say his last name, Slootman. Uh, so he has written this book, and he's he was formerly the uh, CEO of ServiceNow, and and I've actually he's making the the podcast tour. So I've heard a little bit of interviews with him. So if you really want a, a little bit more take on Snowflake or really his management structure, you can check check out. I think Brian originally recommended Amp It Up. I haven't read it. I don't know anything but i the reason i think is interesting because of course i see these books and like you know the halo effect uh uh siren goes off like well hold on here let me see how it goes so the fact that like the company's sort of in this turmoil here i think is a real interesting like you can kind of like we can kind of watch him you know apply his amp it up philosophy from his book to the situation and so does it because i think the point that they were making on the investor call was like no this is definitely the right strategy we're going to make it up in consumption this is like we have the right people the right team we're great. So, so this is like a good case study of like, does it work or does it in a year or two? Are we like, wow, man, that was, that was that 405 was, was the biggest that stock ever got. So I'm interested to watch that. I think, I think we found the first legit use for uh, private equity, uh, you know, taking a, taking a company private. And that is, that is when you, when you think 
the financial analysts aren't going to be able to figure out how to put Jevons paradox in in their Excel macros. And so you gotta <laughs> you gotta you gotta like go private for a year or two, however long it takes, and then come back out once Jevons paradox They're works. Like, the, the the spreadsheet doesn't go ahead more than mm-hmm. three quarters. But yeah. I, this is but to your point, like this is what I really like about like watching. You know, we're gonna watch Frank and amp it up apply because it's like they chose this licensing model. This licensing model introduces Jevons paradox, right? And we're gonna see. Did that make sense? They have there are other ways they could have licensed this. There are other ways they could have managed this business that would not have Jevons paradox. So I'm just like I just think it's gonna be fun to watch. And if it works out great, I think someone like he can write amp it up too. It'll be great. And if, if it doesn't work, I think when he goes on the the, the podcast interview tour, someone can ask him and say, well, you did all of this and, you know, you hired the right people and you brought in the team and you executed with violent uh, whatever, you know, listen to all the, the stuff he says and it didn't work. Like what happened? So that, I think I, I'm interested in either either conversation I want to hear in two years. Amp it oh, down. That would be great. It, just turn it down, I think, is the... Uh... But yeah, I'll we'll have to check that out. That sounds good. I, I love I love the book, any book that has the uh, the phrase hypergrowth in it uh, in the title. I think, I think that's, that's good. Uh, you know, I met that guy when he had just become the CEO of ServiceNow. We were on I forget the name of it, but there's one of those like island resorts uh, over there in San Diego, and I went to the the ServiceNow conference. I think I was I must have been at Red Monk. Well, how'd it go? Were you like, were you impressed or any memory uh, of it? Or is it just well, another? he had, he had just started like a week before. And also oh. I was, t- I was terrible at like executive meetings. Cause like, cause you know, back then I was just like, what, what am I going to ask this guy? And I think they were all guys at the time. What am I going to ask this guy that like, they're going to tell me like, or anything like, right. I think the only, is this true? The well, only... you have it. Next time, just ask about Jevons Paradox now that we know what yeah. the name is. And you can be like, hey, so why did you do this? You know, so. the, the, only, the only fun meeting was, of course, I think, I think we are going to have to consider at some point in, in the top five fun CEOs. The only fun meeting was with uh, Beecham at, at BMC. <laughs> he, he's always a delight to talk with. He was, the, that, that was, I enjoyed that meeting. Uh, that was good stuff. <laughs> Well, uh, speaking about meetings, thankfully, we don't have that many meetings uh, around Software Defined Talk, but we do always have some bureaucracy to go over. And uh, Brandon, do we have some? We do. Uh, I sent stickers to Chad in Minnesota. He can confirm it's cold. That's uh, I was like, yeah, it sounds cold. Also, I, I got a nice note from Kyle, who lives in Austin, but wait for it, Austin, Arkansas. Did you know there was Austin, Arkansas? Did not oh. know that. Uh, and he's really been enjoying the show, helps him on his commute, so... That's um, I'm glad he's listening. And if you want a sticker, all you have to do is email your postal address to stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com. Happy to send you a sticker anywhere in the world. A couple other follow-ups. Uh, Christopher tells us uh, MimeStream, which I recommended. A few other people said they liked it. Um, but he says, not the first time I've tried to implement this uh, Gmail native app. I guess there's some issues with the Gmail API. So we can't always do everything. So I, I don't know. Everyone should just uh, you know open some requests to the Gmail API team like, like add all the functionality. Someone get it done over there. At can, Gmail. Can you guys get some mail gun action. Yeah, come on, get it done. Like fix fix it. Like you know, you guys have plenty of time, right? Just fix, make the Gmail API do everything. Um, the other thing is, a couple other people in in Slack. I think it's uh, Ryan in. Uh, I think it's Prosh. I don't know. If I'm saying his right. Um, they both have recommended Severance, the TV show from Apple TV, and Ryan even goes so far to say it's like Apple TV Plus becoming part of the defaults lifestyle. Like, Hey, you got it. Might as well watch the show. So I'm all in on severance. I love it. I will say we're ensuring lost territory here. 
It's a very strong start. So <laughs> that's always great, but a little concerning, right? Like did the writers like just write three episodes and then they like surprised they sold it or did they write the full 10? Like, did they know where they're going? So if you want to wait, uh, I'll, you know, I think there's about five or eight more, five or seven more episodes. So I'll, I'll give you the, the all clear at the end. Like, should you watch to the end? I'm, I'm too far in, you know, I'm already, I'm, I, I probably should have waited, but it's I really like it. So I'm watching it. Um, and then finally, uh, I think it's a uh, Borco wants you to work in DevRel at Render. So if you want to learn more about that job, just go to softwaredefinedtalk.com, get in the Slack, and you can go in there and talk to Borco about all the good things we're doing. They're doing at Render. I think they're doing some type of uh, platform as a service. So probably a lot of you would be interested. And then finally, Kote says he's going to go do some meetups, but we're actually looking to put together some meetups. So if you want to be invited to some type of virtual meetup or maybe some in-person meetup, all you got to do right now is just go to the show notes and click on uh, the link there that says register to be invited to future software defined talk meetups. Be happy to add you to the list as we kind of figure out what we're doing later this year. We'll send out some emails. So that's it. Well, there's some conferences I, I want to highlight. There's uh, the .NET Beyond Conference put together by uh, one of my coworkers, Layla. I just talked with her this morning. She's, she's uh, always fun to talk with. That's going to be at the end of this month, March 30th to 31st. It's all online for free. I think it's even going to be in Twitch. I should find out because I think I'm emceeing some of it. Uh, but uh, you should check that out, the .NET Beyond Conference. And then that conference still occurring May 23rd to 26th. And uh, there's one in Wisconsin. That one's over there in Texas. There's DevOps Days Birmingham, Alabama. And the Austin one is uh, May 4th to 5th. Also, DevOps Days Chicago is in May. A lot of stuff going on in May. Big, big month. And then, of course, the conference. And uh, finally, in December, there's the Spring One platform. Or maybe it's just Spring platform. I forget what we call it. But the conference <laughs> that uh, my, my little neck of the woods puts on. And, you know, I tried to find the link to it. But I know that this is occurring because I'm going to it. But we have one of our, our spring tour events in Chicago on like April 26th and 27th. And uh, we got a whole new slate of talks. I'm going to be speaking there uh, a little bit. Uh, but you should, you know, I don't know. I'll have to find the link to it. But maybe if you search around for, for spring tour VMware Chicago, you can, uh, you can register for it and uh, come check that out. I should ask where the landing page is. It's probably uh, a good idea. So with that, uh, Brandon, what do you have to recommend this week? I'm going to recommend uh, the movie The Last Duel. It's been out for a long time, but I just finally saw it the other day. It's the one with like Matt Damon and a few other famous people. It's good. Though. I like the way they told the story, kind of get different perspectives of it. Um, I don't know, kind of better than I thought, right? It's sort of. It's also, it's probably something like good to watch at home. Like I didn't feel like missing out on uh, not seeing it in the theater. So if you're looking for something to watch, check out The Last Duel. How about yourself, Matt Ray? What do you have to recommend? Well, my recommendation is uh, Reincubate Camo, uh, which allows you to uh, take your your old uh, iPhone or Android phone and turn it into a, a, a webcam. Um, I've done this before. Uh, I used uh, the iRoon one with uh, my old Pixel. It didn't work as well, and so I never really switched to that. But uh, now that I, I you know joined the defaults lifestyle and got an iPhone. Uh, month ago or six weeks ago or whatever uh my my android phone my sony up here is now my webcam and uh i didn't even bring it up before when we started the podcast uh when we started the stream i got compliments from youtube so uh, yes you know very good very good yeah, it looks and good it looks really good 
very fresh. Now, did I did I recommend uh, the French Dispatch movie already? No. Is well, it good? I I, I uh, yeah, I recommend that movie. It's good. I think I think it, you got to be careful because you're going to watch it, and all of a sudden you're you're going to find yourself drinking a lot. It's one of those movies, but like, it's <laughs> okay. it's a uh, but it's a uh, uh, one of my kids just ran off somewhere. Uh, but it's a uh, I think I think it's a it's a fine movie. It does well. It of course has Bill Murray in it. You could always have more Bill Murray, but I think he does he does fine, and and uh, it's got some character. Now my other recommendation, it's kind of a general. It's not a specific thing, but like I was thinking about the uh, you know this old gag joke which was like you know that you go to someone's desk and they have this little grenade on it not a real grenade I and <laughs> and and written on on whatever's holding the grenade is they call it like complaints complaints department take a number and like the pin of the grenade has the number you know that you would take that and presumably it is to tell people that like you don't want them to complain and they should go blow themselves up uh but i realized i think it was this past weekend that the problem is even if you hang that on the wall like next to your desk, but especially if it's on your desk, what's going to happen is they're going to pull this pin of a number. And then, of course, what do you do when you're waiting? You go sit down in the waiting room and then the grenade is going to blow you up. Uh, so I think I think someone didn't really think this through maybe at, in, at Spencer's Gifts HQ in like 1982 when, when they, they came up with this. But I think, uh, you know, it's an interesting little thing. Go look that up and ponder uh, the, the this is this would be one of those interview questions like if you were interviewing at Google they would just show you this and be like, what is the design flaw in this system? And, uh, You're like, you'd... it won't fit in a manhole. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, that's, that's pretty good right there. Well, as always, you know, when you're looking for something that will fit into a manhole, you can always go to softwaredefinedtalk.com and find <laughs> the show notes for this episode. <laughs> I'm cracking myself up here. That's, you're not supposed to laugh at your own jokes. But you can go to uh, softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 348 and find links to the conferences we mentioned, uh, recommendations, and uh, all sorts of new items that we didn't say. And uh, you can check the back catalog. Uh, it'll be enjoyable. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye. It's true. All weather is local. That's the yes. most important. It's like when you're the house and it's completely iced over and you don't have any electricity, it's a big deal. When your neighbor has the electricity, you're like, oh, it's fine. It was kind of nice to have the kids out of school, right? So same thing with yeah. flooding. If you're upstream, not really a big deal. It's kind of nice. Take some pictures, right? That explains why I keep hearing about upstream Kubernetes. Is that is that because that's the, the good <laughs> stuff? As my dog can explain to you, things roll downhill. <laughs> That's true.